So, so you just tuned into the Fifth and Hell TV talk show. Now, this is a segment of it's called Confidential. Now, the segment Confidential, right? Um, I have my regular exclusive interviews where I talk about people brands. Well, I talk about, I, I ask them questions about their brands exclusively and, you know, however you could think of, right? And then you got the segment of the Fifth and Hill TV talk show where I talk about, where I ask them about, you know, the life story. They talk about their life story and the light is on them. It's all about them. Okay, so, and you can learn some really great lessons from, from some of these stories. That's why it's here. It's for people who want to watch. So, now, guess. My next guest on Confidential, his name is Derek Block. As you just popped up on the screen ASAP. Yes, sir. What's up, yes, bro? Sir. Hey, what's going on, player? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. I'm, you know, I'm actually excited. I'm actually excited to see this. I'm. I said excited to see the interview. I'm on the interview. Yo, like I am excited to be on this interview, bro. Like yeah, I'm, you and me both, man. Huh? I said you and me both. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud yeah. of you, man. Oh man, don't start that. All right, do not start that. All right, I, I'm I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm trying to do. Uh, you know, I'm 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 trying, bro. I'm trying. I can't even. You know, I mean, you know how it go. You know how it go. Yes, sir. So, so okay. So like, I want to start off. With how we met, right? You know what I'm saying? So we met in Harlem, right? Uh, at the Doe Fund. You understand what I'm saying? Um, you know, I want to speak on my experience actually meeting you. Like, you know, like it was an honor, you know, you know, to meet you because, like, I really felt like you was like one of them OGs. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Who been through some stuff? You know what I'm saying? So. Um, and I just, you know, you're real genuine, you know what I'm saying? You're a real genuine person, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm honored to be on this interview with you, you know what I'm saying? And ever since I knew you, you always been thorough with me, you know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the honor, um, the, the, the accolades. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. And, 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 and let me say this, um, you know, I don't really deal with a lot of young cats because, and, I'll, and and that was one of the conversations we had. Like, I try, you know, because, you know, uh, sometimes they just stay open to information from the OGs, so to speak. But yeah. you was, you know, and you were humble. And that was one of the things that I liked when I when I met you, man, that you you had that, you had, a, you, you was different, you know, um, than the average person that was there your age, man. You had a, you had an insight you know, and an outlook on something that you wanted to do, you know, and, and, I, and that kind of drew me to you. So when we sit down at the table and we would, you know, have our little talks and stuff, I always left with a good feeling, man. You know, yeah. it was one of the cats. And I, and I don't really give a lot of people, you know, uh, 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 you know, listen, man, people, people disappoint you, you know, and the only way you get disappointed is because you have expectations. Mm -hmm. um, but I, let me say that you did not, uh, uh, fail, and with my expectations I have for you, um, you 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 definitely did some stuff, man. That that really made me really like look at you a little different, and I appreciate it, man. So when I heard that you was doing this here thing, 
Um, I, I just wanted to be a part of it, man. You know, um, what I liked about you is the fact that you always wanted to do something positive, man, and you was about elevating. You know yeah. what I'm saying? About trying to treat, you know, teach some knowledge to some people, man. And and I'm always going to be a part of something like that. So I'm, I'm honored um, that you're doing this and that you even allowed me this platform, you know, to tell my truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, being... Like, I ain't never going to lie, being at the dope fund at that point in my life, like, I was, you know, like, I was looking to expand, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, and that's exactly what I was doing, but I, I didn't have no apartment in New York City, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't, you know, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a room, so that was one of them times I just left, and right. I wound up at the dope fund, you know what I'm saying? So, um... You know, so and that was, you know, and some of the people, you know, that I met it, you know, it, it really affected me, you know, in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? You know that I know that, you know what I'm saying? I it was, or should I say, it's some lessons that I, you know, that I gravitated, that I gravitated to, that I applied to my life that I was able to, um, you know, take with me. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so with that being said, right? Um, I need you to tell my viewers. Um, what's your name and where you from? My name is Derek Blocker, man. Um, and I'm honored to say that. And I'll get into that a little long, you know, a little further on in the story, right? But I'm born and raised in Harlem, man. I live in every borough, but I always say Harlem because that's where my essence started. That's where my family come from. And that's where I got my life back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So when we was in a conversation, um, you had told me, um, that you spent some time in the penitentiary. Um, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, well, well let's, let me say this. I was a late bloomer, so to speak, for people of my background to 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 to, to, to reach the penitentiary. I went to the penitentiary at 26 years old. Mm. Um, with a two to four. Um, my two to four turned into a five to ten. I did 82 months. Mm. Um, bad decisions, bad choices, but a, a very great learning experience, man. Um, and I think that was like really the the beginning of my, you know, the seed started being planted. You know, um, I think one of the things that affected me the most in the penitentiary was when um, I got a a disciplinary, I got a ticket, right? Mm -hmm. They call it the ticket, and. When I read the copy of the ticket, the uh, I seen that the officer was illiterate, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, like this dude can't even spell, man. Mm. He write like a little, he write like a a third grader, mm. and he's in charge of my life. And I knew that if I got out of there alive, man, that I was not going to try to make that a revol a revolving door. You know, and that's just as honest as I can be, man. You know, the guy spelled what W A T. He spelled was W U Z, and this was before the Ebonics dictionary. A corrections officer spelled I what? Swear, yeah, yeah. That's w -A, a damn shame. And I said, this dude is in charge of my life, man. Right. You know. Right. That that's a, okay. That's okay. So if you don't mind me asking, right? Um, I mean, tell me. Now, I mean, well, tell me about your first day in the penitentiary, if you don't mind me asking. Well, my first day in the penitentiary, you know, uh, 
we go through reception, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm in reception. I got the bald head. Everybody looking like Lil Dutch, right? And, and, and green suits, man. I, you know, I, I look like, you know, Jimmy the Cricket, man. And, and it was cold. That's what I remember, that it was cold, man. Um, you know, I see, I, you know, as tough as I thought I was, right? As yeah. honest as I could be, I was scared to death. See, because I right. grew up, right? Most of my family did penitentiary time. And, you know, excuse my language for the platform purposes, but they told mm-hmm. me you got to fuck a fight. And I knew I wasn't doing no fucking, you know. That's so some of the rules. You That's know, some yeah, of the rules. So, um, when I got there, um, let me say this. I found out that I was misinformed by the misinformed. Um, now, that might be in a lot of different states, but in New York State, that's really not the, the premise. But it was it, 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 it affected me enough to not want to go before I was 26. Um, I, you know, I, I always prided myself on being in my 20s and never making a penitentiary when most of my friends went there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay, so if you don't mind me asking, um, so if you don't mind me asking you, right, um, early in the conversation um, that we had, uh, you actually mentioned something about, you know, about how you grew up. Now, um, okay, so what year was you born? I was born 1965. Okay, so, okay, so I want you to tell me about the 70s and 80s. Well, How was that growing up? For me, I you know, I grew up in, in the in the late sixties, early seventies, right? Um, and as far as I can remember, like let's let's be clear, man. My 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 family's from North Carolina. My yeah. grandmother migrated to to Harlem in the fifties, um, and we lived in that same apartment until nineteen seventy three. Okay, so for those years, um, you know, my grandmother raised, you know, back in those days, you know. People had kids and their parents raised their kids. And that was my situation. You know, my grandmother raised us um, and all her kids was either dead or, or caught up in the street life doing what they were doing. I mm-hmm. was the youngest of, I don't know, 13 or 14 of us, you know, because mm-hmm. it was cousins. Everybody was in that apartment. You know, I lived in a five, uh, uh, three bedroom railroad apartment on 122nd mm. 8th Avenue. Um, and we was poor for the most part mm-hmm. in the sense that although her, her kids was into what they was into, my grandmother had became religious, you know, um, and, you know, she wasn't materialistic, I think, as long as the needs is met. So mm-hmm. for me, outside became attractive. You know, mm-hmm. I love that man. If anybody who knew Harlem at that time, you know, um, I would come up my building and it was dice games. Mm. They cars and 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 the and the, and the fedoras, the fur fedoras with the with the rooster feather, you know, and the and the mink coats. And that shit was just exciting to me, man. You know, mm. it was really exciting. You know, um, you know, I had a couple of older cousins and they um was wearing the blahs and the kangos and the and the and the playboys and I was wearing PS flyers and you know, the sneakers that they get out the bin. You got a size two over there, let me get a two left. You know, that's just really what it was for me. So, you know, I seen what they had and it was glamorous. You know, um, I wanted it. 
And like I told you earlier when we talked um, prior to the, you know, for me, man, I grew up, man, and I didn't want to be nothing but a drug dealer. Because that's what, if see, you got to understand in the 70s, right, the 60s and 70s, the white people represented authority. So I never met Port. I've never seen Spanish people growing up in Harlem. Um, and the only white people I saw were adults. I've never seen a white kid when I grew up. So they represented the authority, and the black people represented the street. So my goals wasn't, I want to be an accountant. I want to, no, my goal was to follow the trend that I saw. That, you, you, you want to know something about what you just said like that? I think that's like, that, that's like the biggest jewel I ever heard, like, thus far in any interview that I ever, that I ever did. And let me tell you why. It's because as a 90s baby growing up, right, I just turned 30. But as okay. a 90s baby growing up, I heard that in music. You know what I'm saying? I heard that in skits. So to actually hear somebody, you know, to actually hear somebody, hear somebody actually say that in real reality, like, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing because, and let me tell you the reason why it's mind-blowing because as a young kid growing up in the 90s, what I saw on TV, that's what I wanted to be. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's it. so it is so it's 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 really mind blowing. It is, it is. It's really mind blowing. So okay, I mean okay. So now, as okay. So now, right, you a young kid and you see, right, and you saw what you wanted to be. So what was your next step after that? Well, honestly, man, you know, I, it was always about trying to get a dollar for me as far mm. back as I can remember. So. Mm. You know, I hustled. I did a little hustle. I was sweeping. I was sweep the barbershop. You know, get a quarter mm. here, fifty cent, run errands. You know, they had a little candy store on the corner. Mr. Bob, I still remember his name, man. And he would let me work in his store. Now, mm. the, the 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 jewel out of that whole thing was, I learned how to count. Is that right? When I was yeah, because when I grew up, you had a candy three, four pennies. So if somebody came in with a dime. You know, I had to get them 30 pieces of candy, and I had to give them 30 pieces of candy. Not 31, not 29, 30 pieces of candy. So it taught me how to, honestly, it really taught me how to count. Um, but it also, because my grandmother struggled, man, in my eyes. You know, like I grew up like, see, see, listen, and, and, and I, I, I only tell my truth, right? So I grew up like the, like the little rascal. Mm. Like we had... We had oatmeal every fucking day. So I mean, so, well, so that, I mean, hold up. So that's how New York City was back in the day. No, what I don't know about no, because my friends, when I was started going to school, I started going to their house to pick them up for school at breakfast time because I walked in and they had bacon, they had biscuits, they had grit, they had real orange juice. So I would leave my house early because I don't want no damn oatmeal. I wanted some bacon and I wanted some eggs. And I would go to my man's house, a friend of mine, I swear. I would go around the corner to his house and knock on the door with my little snotty nose and be Miss Smile. I come to pick up so-and-so. And she said, you hungry? Yeah, because they had food. They had good food. And we had oatmeal. 
Right. It was 13 of us. He had four or five kids. It was 13 of us. So oatmeal was just, you know, I, I guess it was just, you know, it, it made more sense. It was, right. it was you know, it, it just made more sense. So when I was hustling in them those stores and, 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 and working Mr. Bob in the barber shop, I remember one day I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I still remember uh. wanting to help because I was tired of oatmeal. So I took my little change and I bought a box of grits, a half a dozen of eggs, right? Yeah, I didn't buy the real bacon because back then it was selling fat back. And I went and got like 75 cents worth of fat back and, a, and, and an orange juice. Came to about like maybe $1.89. But I was right. so proud to bring that shit to my grandmother, not knowing that it really wasn't enough for everybody. Right. It was my way of trying to help out because I was tired of oatmeal and Farina and Wheatina. Wow. Wow. Okay, so now, I mean, okay, so now, okay, now, okay, so from the story, right? You, you know mm -hmm. of you know of what you said okay okay so now we're at the fat back right we're at you know the bacon and eggs right the grits right we we're at that piece which it sound which it sound it sound good i ain't gonna lie <laughs> i ain't gonna lie so um okay so what was your next move after that so um you know i became the dead you kid man you know um i was born with a cleft lip right so you uh -huh. see the scar. Yeah. I had surgery years later. I was born with a cleft lip, right? So, um, and I was a little rough kid, man. You know, uh -huh. um, I had a cousin beat me up. Yo, you, you, you ain't gonna be no punks in our family. And he used to do this at, and I was four. And he was like 19. And he would like really beat me up, man. And tell me, you better not cry. You better not cry. So when I went outside, um, I started doing a lot of rough stuff. Right. Again, I told you my grandmother raised me. So I, I started doing the rough stuff in Harlem. Her mother died. We moved to the Bronx and I carried that on to the Bronx. The Bronx wasn't quite ready for my rough stuff. Um, and so I got a pants petition put out on me. Um, that's people in need of supervision. By the Word? Way. Yeah. Word? Yeah. At nine years old. Um, because I, because they just felt that I was just too bad for my grandmother. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. So, and then, I mean, okay, so what was the next step after that? Well, like, so in your mind, right? In your mind, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? How was you feeling at that, you know, well, at that point? Well, um, I, I was, I was a confused kid, man, because to me, I was just being a kid. Um. My grandmother said, boy, you're just bad. Boy, you're going to go to hell. You, you're just so bad. Boy, you're going to hell. And so I was already scared of religion, her religion. She grew up Baptist. And she just did the best she could with the information she had at the time. But everything right. was either you good or you bad. You good, you go to heaven. You bad, you go to hell. And in my eight and seven and eight and nine year mind, you know, I couldn't be good because she kept telling me I was bad. And then they validated it by sending me to a group home, right? So in the group home, it was like, well, I can't be good, so I'm just going to be bad. So, I mean, okay, so now, okay, so now at this moment, right, you're in the group home. So, 
So what was your thoughts then? Like, how did you feel at that moment? Honestly, and it, and it sounds crazy, man, you know, um, relieved. And that sounds crazy. But see, because in the group home, right, they treated me different. They bought me clothes, the more up-to-date clothes. We had French toast and pancakes, so they fed me better, right? Um, I got an allowance. I've never got an allowance until I went to a group home. You know, I actually seen what it was to live in a house. I learned what a foyer was at nine years old, 10 years old. You know, so I was relieved because to me, that was a better living, if that makes sense. It wasn't a yeah. whole lot of, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of structure, too much structure. This, you go to school, you come from school, you do, your, you do your homework, you do your chores, and then the rest of the day is yours. That was simple for me. Because I didn't feel like I stood out. I wasn't being picked on because that was the rule for everybody. We all did it, and then we went and had some damn fun. Um, I was always into, into sports, so I, I got on the basketball team. So that was, a, you know, it was things that I wanted to do as a kid that the group home allowed me to do as a kid. And, and it just sounds crazy, but that's just my truth, man. Right. You know? Now, and see, I mean, see... I mean, see, the crazy thing about that is that, like, about your truth, like, it's so relatable because I wonder how many how many people feel like that now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know what I'm saying? I wonder how many other people feel like that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, for a person to, because, uh, because at one point, at one point when I was young, I felt more comfortable somewhere else. Then at home, I don't know why it was like that. I don't know why it was like that. I always felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I always felt better somewhere else than at home right. when I was younger. And then as I got older, I wanted to be at home. But then once I get home, I realize why I don't want to be there, and then right. I want to go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So been there. Exactly. So I totally understand where you're coming from. But I wonder, you know what I'm saying? But I wonder how many kids feel like that now. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so now, I mean, okay, so now, I mean, okay, so now, um, okay, so now you're in a group home for a while, right? You started mm -hmm. playing sports. You experienced all of this stuff you know, as a conglomerate force, right? So what was your next step after that, if you don't mind me asking? Well, you know, I was sentenced actually to 18 months, right? Now this is now you you, you now this this is where yeah, yeah, I was yeah. since it's eighteen months, right? Oh yeah. So June nineteenth, nineteen seventy six, right? I was supposed to come home for good. Mm. So I got sentenced to eighteen months. A cousin behind me came up there six months later and was sentenced to twelve months. Mm. So we were there together, and um on that day. My grandma was on her way to come get me and him, and she died. She died one town away from the group home. Oh, shit. Um, Sorry to hear that. Story. Um, and I knew that my life would never be the same again. At 10 years old, I knew my life would never, ever be the same again. Um, so you're already in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um. I couldn't really, I didn't understand what mourning was, but I did know um, 
that I had to watch out for my little cousin. He's bigger than me now. That nigga, like, he's, you know, he's my gorilla. But, you know, because that's how we was raised. You keep your eye on, you look out for, you know, you keep an eye on the, the ones younger than you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My little cousin, his brother just actually um, jumped in. Uh -huh. So, you know, he want me to acknowledge him. I'm sorry. Um, so we wound up having to stay an extra six months, right? And they were trying to figure out what to do with us because they were trying not to split the family up because back then they call it ACS now, but it was called BCW. BCW didn't care about keeping the family together. We just going to place you. So that particular cousin, his, his sister, became our legal guardian. Um, and that was a transition that I just wasn't ready for because, like I said, we all grew up in the same house. We used to play hide and seek and all kind of shit together. And now you're telling me I have a curfew. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, peace, 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 Randy, peace. Yeah, yeah okay. that's, that's, that's his sister I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um. So the trend, I, but, and, and then, the, you know, the thing is, she, she came to get us. She died. They mm -hmm. robbed her. They robbed her. The group home driver robbed her for $5,000 when her breast just violated her. You know what I'm saying? It took her money and all of that. Um, and then when we started, when we did get home, some of our family members blamed me and him. It's y'all fault that she died. Y'all was so fucking bad. If she didn't have to come get y'all, he wouldn't have died. Very traumatic for a nine, 10 year old kid. And again, it validated all of that other feelings I had before about being bad. Mm. I told you I was bad. So now I now my grandmother died, I go home, and now my family reinforced that again. And I just went bananas. I became un, un I, I just went bananas, man. I didn't listen to nobody. I rebelled to the twelfth hour. Um and I stayed out for a couple of days. I stayed out for about, I don't know, two years. And and I actually asked to go back to the group home. Most mm. kids don't do that. I didn't want to be home no more because, mm -hmm. you know, um, it was painful, man. I didn't know, you know, I didn't really know a whole much, much of, uh, a lot about being loved, but I knew that that wasn't it at my house, you know, and, you know, to be ostracized to be, and to be picked on and to be, you know, you, because that's what was happening. And my sisters and other family members were being treated one way, and me and him was really being treated a whole nother way. Right. So it just made more sense for me to go back to the group home where I'm going to go play some more basketball. I'm going to win some more trophies. I'm going to do some stuff, and I'm going to enjoy life the way I can. And it was just raggedy because the, the, the shit that my grandmother taught me from the age of whenever up until she passed um was embedded in me so it was always embedded that it's about family you look out for the family we have one unit i don't care what happens so i went through a i went through an internal struggle man for a lot of years with that for a lot of, like a lot for over, almost 40 years man i went through that internal struggle you know um and 
that struggle, man, uh, it, it was an inner struggle, man, with myself, man. And, and, and because, you know, I would try to do better, and then I would get half as good, and then I'll go around them, and then, you know, trying to get some, trying to get accolades from them. See, I told you I can do it, and they didn't give me that shit. They treated me like they treated me all along. Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. then I went back to doing the bullshit all over again. Wow. So, it it, it like it's kind of fucked up. And uh, salute Mike and salute Randy. Randy, just make sure you inbox me. We can set it up. But like. It's fucked up for the simple fact is that I wonder how many people actually went through that, you know, went through that, um, you know, all this time and it being 2021 and then wondering why the world is fucked up the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Because because if a child is programmed a certain way, that's, you know, that's his outcome as a teen and as a and as a and as an adult, and like that, that that will be the mindset that that person is gonna have growing up. So it's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? It's fucked up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, okay, so okay, so if you don't mind me asking, right? Okay, so like, what type of programs out there was to prevent that from happening? There, there, there was none, and and that's the sad thing. There really was none, man. There was none. Um. And, and 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 let me say this. Um, I honestly, truly believe that people are are, are setting their ways. With a I lot believe of shit, that. Yeah. Right? Um, I believe that ignorance is bliss, and I believe that people say, "Well, fuck it. I don't know what to do, so fuck it. I ain't gonna do nothing. Let it yeah. let, let it figure itself out." Yeah. You know, um, there's more voices today. There's yeah. more platforms today. But back then, people was people weren't willing to take a chance. Yeah. People weren't really wasn't really willing, you know, because we always got a bad rap. We talking about the seventies and the eighties, man. And that was just the raggedy ass times, man. And mm. you know, nobody in 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 a, in a position of power were willing to put their credibility on the line because they know that some had to fail and they figured more would fail than would prosper. So you know what? I ain't going to touch that because we it, it's already hard enough for us. And, and, you know, let them go to the penitentiary. The ones that come out, they might get it all right. And if they don't, okay. You know, and and, and, and that's just what it is. Like, like I tell the truth, like, like I see it, man. And, 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 you know, I start getting a little excited when I talk, man, because, you know, I, a lot of what I know is what I learned because I, I, I watched it and I've seen it and I've gone through it. And I know that I know, right? Like, I know people just don't, a, a lot of people, man, are afraid, man, to put themselves out there. And that's just what it is, man. Nobody want to be the sacrificial lamb, man. Because the price is hard. Yeah, the price is you know, high. The, the price is hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm not a big religious dude, man. I'm spiritual. But I you know, I, I follow my history, man, and I follow mm. I watch I watch, you know, uh uh the people who put themselves out there and what their outcome was. You know what I mean? Um mm. you know, 
we talking with people always talk about the black, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. I grew up on 121st Street, 122nd, 85, around the corner from my block. They had a black panther. Uh, 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 mm. You know, mm. I watched them try to pull the community together. Mm. You know, and it seemed to do half-ass okay because the people that were strung out on heroin, because it was heroin, wasn't no big cocaine mm-hmm. thing going on. It was heroin mm-hmm. and wine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had them pretty much in check. And, you know, they didn't mess with no kids. And they didn't mess with the old people. And they did whatever they did. And they would come back mm-hmm. to the block, get high, and don't bother nobody. And mm-hmm. they kind of had that straightened out. You know, they, 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 they set that tone for that. Mm-hmm. And what happened? And what happened with them? You know what happened? They got rid of them because yes. it was something that was being positively done. And so people don't, you know, nobody wants to sacrifice. You know, who want to, that, 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 uh, you know, some got to die so others can live type thing. But you, when you in the midst of all that, you don't never see that. You don't see that, man. You, you just really don't see it, man. You know, you just got to get in where you fit in because that shit sounds slick. You know what I mean? Um... You know, and then the crap epidemic came and people, you know, babies start having babies and, you know, people got lost. It was a whole lost generation. You know what I'm saying? Like when my grandmother died, man, and then one of my, then my aunt wound up dying in 1981. Mm. My generation, me, me and all of us, that, that 13 of us, we came ahead of our family. Mm. I was 15 years old, man. How the hell I'm going to be ahead of anything? And we was all kind of in that same thing, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 22, 23. You know, um, how we, we, we didn't know shit. So what were we going to teach? You, you, you feel what I'm saying? You know, so you got to go, you know, I went through a whole lot of things, man. You know, um, homelessness, drug abuse, you know, uh, um, just, just, rag, just, just raggedy living. It yeah. wasn't even living. It was surviving, man. It was surviving. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. became a thief, man. I listen, a liar. I lie my way out of quarterback sack. Like I, you know, just any and everything. Just to, it was just about being able to get to the next day. Fucking level. If I can get to the next day and eat as good as I did today, that's a good thing. Because I, nobody was there to teach me, you know? My only mm-hmm. course, honestly, was I said, I'm going to join the service, right? But by then, I done caught my first case, and, and, and I never got sentenced for it, you know? And so I said, well, well, they don't know. But then when I went there, they said, well, if you find out you're large, you're going to get court-martialed, and you're going to go to jail. That go to that jail shit again. I ain't never go back. You, you you understand what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was like living in the wilderness, for real. Like, and people, you know, and, and that's why when I met you, I was so adamant about a lot of the stuff that I said to you. Because, mm-hmm. like, you don't really, a person don't, you can look at somebody and think one thing, but you really don't know the pain and the, and the torment that a person goes through. The struggle. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're right. You know, and to be stuck in that space because... That's a comfort zone. You don't want to be there, but fuck it. I done got comfortable being here. And I ain't willing to try nothing else because at least I know this is fucked up. 
But I don't know what not how that's gonna work. And you know what? As bad as my luck is, it it ain't gonna work for me. Work for everybody is the fuck else, but it ain't gonna work for me. And that was my mindset, man, for a long time. Because I just didn't know. I I, I was afraid to trust. How would I trust this? I can't if I can't trust my family. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't trust them. They didn't fucking trust me. Then you got a system that's already set up against me. And it's only mm-hmm. gonna let you know, even even in the group home at 18 years old, you phase out. And if you ain't in college or went to the service, that's on you. You you know more part of our system. And now you're 18 years old, homeless living on the streets of fucking New York. Mm-hmm. We can't help you no more. There's nothing more we can do for you. So you can't trust you. I can't trust my family, and I can't really trust this system. And the only thing that looks like people are being able to get by is hustling in the streets. Mm. So it was a system set up to fail. Mm. It's just, it just what it is. It, that's just what it was. You know, there was nothing else. That was the only mm. recourse that I knew because you only can go by the information that you know. And my, mm-hmm. and my scope of life was so limited. You know, my scope of life was limited. So I just went to the shit that I knew. Mm, yeah, the yeah, and and uh Randy Stewart um really has a, a point. Says um the system failed the communities, is right. But you know what I'm saying? But with limited opportunities, it you know, comes more violence and more failure. You know what I'm saying? Because right. people gonna figure you know, people gonna figure something out. Not like they gonna figure something out to survive. They gonna figure something out. So, so that means if they don't that means if they don't got it, you got it, they coming to get what you got. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And if you put up a fight, you you gonna be on a shirt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but it's just you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of messed up. It's kind of messed up that that when people talk to ninety ninety babies or or when people or or let's say for instance hip hop, when people talk about the seventies and eighties, they talk about the good music that came back then, but they don't talk about the times how it was back then. They don't never talk about the times. They don't never talk about, you know what I'm saying? They talk about there was men back then, but they don't, you know what I'm saying? But they don't never, uh, like, they don't never talk about, like, what actually happened back then. You know what I'm saying? So so what you get is, you know what I'm saying? So what you get is a big-ass miscommunication. You know what I'm saying? You got a whole bunch of young people who feel like a whole bunch of older people ain't listening to each other, you know what I'm saying, like, it, I mean, it's not listening to them, you know what I'm saying, but then, but then you got the older generation that's talking to the younger generation, talking about, listen, that you don't understand, you don't want to go this way, then they wind up going that way anyway, and now they old as fuck, mm-hmm. saying that, listen, somebody tried to tell me, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then Randy Stewart said, um, opportunities opportunities weren't accessible because the government was monopolizing on the community project, quote, unquote, hold up, hold up. okay, yeah, unquote, the community was a project. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, like, you have to agree on that. You have to agree on that. And, and, and definitely, definitely. Yeah. Let me let me say this. Let me say this real quick, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I remember, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 this is this is something I really want you to like use your third eye on, right? Uh -huh. So I remember as a kid, my grandmother used to say, "Boy, you think you're doing something? Boy, I did that." In my mind, I could never imagine my grandmother being eight years old. Right. Think right. about it now. Think about it. You know, I, boy, I was eight before. Just in my eight-year-old head, that shit didn't make not. You were never eight. You was born to grandma. Right, 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 right. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. And I think, I think some of that is what happened. They tell me yeah. I went through it, but don't tell me what they went through. Right, but I mean, see, but the thing is, though, is that you want to know something. You want to know something. People never really learn how to express their feelings until they get a certain age because it wasn't cool to express how you felt. It wasn't cool to be yourself. It was cool to be something or somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, whatever that drip was that was on you. You know what I'm saying? People didn't like that. They like they like when you was flashy. They like this. They, you know what I'm saying? You had to dress up and put on a mask. You know what I'm saying? Order to be accepted. It wasn't never cool. You know, it wasn't never cool to express your emotions. You know no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And let me say yeah. this, man. Uh -huh. You know, when we started, right? You said it's an honor to, you know, this is Derek Block, right? And I said I'm gonna get back to that. Yeah. Right. Now was the time you brought it up, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm gonna expound on that, right? So, uh huh. I've been everybody. Weasel D, D Spo, D Block, D Ski, uh, Blocker. I've been everybody. Right. right. Little radar, you know. I've, listen, I've been some people, right? Mm -hmm. And I lived out all those names to the fullest. Mm. I made those names. Listen, I've been Blocker. Hey, what up, Blocker? I, I was in the penitentiary. People started, hey, Blocker, what's your real name? What do you mean? What's my real name? That's my name. But, <laughs> but, but the thing was, and 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 reason why when you said my name, like I don't let people call me nothing but that. Yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and, and, and that's because for so long I've been so many other fucking names that I lost sight of who Derek Blocker really is, man. You know, I was afraid because Derek Blocker died or was, was no Derek Blocker was put in a coma. At eight mm. years old, when my grandmother died, mm. because he was the only one that allowed me to be me and didn't fucking judge me. Mm. You understand? So now I'm I'm relearning mm. who Derek Blocker is. Derek Blocker is a tender, emotional, compassionate, giving person. Man, all the attributes that people considered weak. Mm. You know, you you just too goddamn nice. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. All those all those are attributes that people seem to take advantage of. So I couldn't be that person. Now I won't be nobody but him. Right, right. I got a, right. I got a look. I got a I got a thirty two year old daughter. Right. Yeah. I got a nineteen year old son. Right. And I got a six-year-old son. Right. Right? 
I'd be 13 years, I had a kid. And of all my kids, you know, I, I, you know, when you met me, I was going through a situation with my daughter and her yeah. boyfriend and all that old shit. Yeah. My biggest situ- my biggest fear right now is my 19-year-old. Right. Because he's my junior. Right. He's just right. he's just learning Derek Blocker Senior because he knew Blocker and Dispo and everywhere we went, whenever we were together, we went to North Carolina and the dude I ran into somebody I know. And it was like, oh shit, this your pop? Yo, kid. And they gave him all these big accolades and props and all of that old shit. Yeah. And so in his head, that's the guy he once tries to emulate. And we go through this now. The yeah. Good thing, the one thing I'm grateful for is that as much as he say, oh, damn, I'm trying to be, he's not really a street kid. He's a 19-year-old kid that fucking played 2K forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He smoked yeah. his weed or whatever, but he don't really even go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the blessing that I have. Because at 19 years old, I was selling heroin. In, 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 on a big scale, man. I was right. living the streets for real. So yeah. for him to be 19 and go through that, I'm grateful. Because, you know, I, I had a conversation with him. And I'm like, yo, yo, Derek, check this out, man. You want kids? He was like, yeah. I said, how many kids you want? He said, oh, one or two. I said, well, the only thing I want for you, man, is I want you to be a better father than I was to you. Yeah. And he said, but dad, you was a good dad to me. Yeah. And, you know, because I, I learned how to separate those lives. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I never brought my street shit to my house. He just went wherever we was at and we were someplace else. People just would bring him into that life. I try to keep him away from it. So he only seen one part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's my, you know, so... I mean, right now, man, I went through all that I went through. I don't, you know, I used to be angry. I used to be bitter. Um, but I'm not today, man. I'm grateful because I was able to live through it. Um, I've seen a lot of people die, man. I've seen people get murdered, you know, um, for less than nearly half the shit that I you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Here. And I get a chance to be mm-hmm. a father. And I get a chance to be a grandfather. And I get a chance to be a husband. And I get a chance to be a man today. See, because I'm a man today. You know, I'm responsible today. You know, I pay bills. And, you know, and I, and I take care of my responsibility. And I live legit. Like, my slogan is sucker free, man. Yeah. So that's been my slogan forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people are like, what you mean by that? Because, yo, I'm just sucker free, man. I don't do nothing. Nothing, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. I'm just proud that I can do that today because that was a time that I couldn't, that I struggled just trying to be, just trying to be who I am today. I struggled with that identity crisis because I didn't know who I was and who I wanted to be. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, now yeah. I know what who I want to be, and I strive for that shit every day. Yeah, 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 and see, I mean, see, the thing is about that is this is that is that it took me a while to figure out to figure out my identity. You know what I'm saying? And it's some things that I had to set 
I I really had to accept about myself. And there's some things and there's some things that I had to realize that you know, it's it's really all about making your mind up. You know what I'm saying? About about standing on your ten toes because once you stand on your ten toes, that's it. You can't take it back. You understand what I'm saying? Like you can't you know, you can't you can't talk one way and then your life is like totally different. You know what I'm saying? And mm. me and me truthfully, I had a problem with that. I did. I had a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Because because for one, I wasn't never taught you know what I'm saying? Like nobody actually never really taught me what was like the right way. Like you understand me? Mm-hmm. So so I had to figure that out for myself. You know what I'm saying? So and I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. My first my first lesson, like my first lesson in my life, the one the number one lesson that I held on to was about making money and i was like i was like well like 18 i was 18 years old and i was just so happened to be facing a serious charge and it was two counts and if i would have took it to trial i would have got seven and 15 like you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so and i remember i remember i remember i was in albany county and um i was in uh i was in i was in reception uh, like I never, I like I wasn't there long enough to make it to pop, you know, to where I made it to population. So, but I was in reception, and um, and this is when they give you the TV test, and you got to spend like twenty three, twenty three and one in your cell. And I was across my cell, like my cell was across from a Cuban who actually had caught a charge, and they was actually getting ready to, they was getting ready to um deport him. So, so I remember we used to talk, and it was my first time. Like, it was my first time, like, in, in jail. So everything I saw him do, I, I saw him put his sheet up while he was using the bathroom. I would do the same thing. If I saw him read a magazine in the middle of the day, that's what I would do. If I saw him do push-ups, that's what I would do. Like, I would literally, I would literally mimic him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, like throughout the day because I wanted to learn how to do my time. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, because, I mean, I didn't have nobody to teach me. So, you know, about, you know, the situation I was in. So, and that's how it was. That's how it was throughout my life. You know what I'm saying? And when I finally really got a grip, you know what I'm saying? You know, like no man can actually really say that they know everything. You understand what I'm saying? Of course. You know what I'm saying? You know, because, you know, you're forever learning how to be a man. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but that's how I grew up. Like, at the age of 16, I could not, I couldn't read for shit. I couldn't read for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it, it real talk. Like, you know, it was a lot of things. It was a lot of things I went through that solidified me, solidified me as a person that made me solid. So I totally, you know what I'm saying? I totally get what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, but, you know, but, you know, rewinding back, right, you know, back to, um, I believe you said that you had turned 18 and you went back to, well, 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 was it 18? Was it 18 or 17? Right, when I went where? 
When when uh when you had left the group home? I left the group home at at sixteen. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, okay. I left and went back. Okay. So when okay. I went back, I got I actually got kicked out the group home. I told you I was a fucked up kid, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got kicked yeah. out the group home, man. Okay. Um, I was smoking weed. Um and, and it's ironic that we got to this point because this was like the beginning of some changing shit for me. Mm. So I was 16 and I got caught with like a half ounce of weed. So at that time, they start incorporating drug programs to the group. Mm. Mm. People come from a program and they was like, um, they was like, uh, you know, talking about, you know, get, not using and, and, you know, getting high. You're talking about 1982, man. So, mm. You know, and that shit didn't make no sense to me. I was smoking weed. You know what I'm saying? And all these people that was coming talking to us was hardcore heroin shooting people. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they said, man, you don't know, we all started out smoking weed. And, you know, mm -hmm. laughing bullshit. But the bottom line is they kicked me out the fucking group home. They said, well, mm -hmm. listen, you got two choices. You can either go back, you can either go to the streets, or you can go to this fucking program. So mm. I called my cousin. I said, well, listen, I want to come home. She said, you don't live here no more. Remember, you left. So wow. I had to go to the, to the fucking program. Um, I was really upset because I was in school. And, you know, my biggest thing is I wanted to get a high school diploma. I was in mm. fucking 12th grade, man. You know what I'm saying? I was in 12th grade, ready to graduate. And they stopped it. And they said, well, you can get a GED. Man, I cried because to me, a GED was a failure because I didn't know any better. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? GEDs was with the kids got that went to the 600 school. I didn't quite make it to the 600 school. Mm. Like I, still, I was going to high school in the group home. Um, bottom line is I left. They sent me to a program. You know, I got there. It was crazy. You know, 16 years old, I see people walking around in diapers and fucking big old signs and getting their head shaved. Just some old weird old shit for me at 16. Mm -hmm. um, so I stayed there long enough to take the GED and I left, man. Mm -hmm. I left, you know. Mm -hmm. I left and I went down to to the Bronx. The BCW was a, it was a place that was on 149th Street called 151 Cedar Lane. I still remember that shit. Behind, right behind mm -hmm. McDonald's on the Grand Concourse. And mm -hmm. I went there told him, listen, man, I ain't got no place to go. And they took and sent me to another group home in Brooklyn. Um, and I went to that group home. Um, they found that I had my fucking GED, so I didn't have to go to school. So they said, well, listen, you can just hang out, and you got a 2 o'clock curfew. And then I started going to Harlem, back to my roots. You know, um, and I ran into another cousin, and he was selling heroin on a big level. And I was go around and be, oh, let me get a few dollars, man. Let me get a few dollars. And I did that shit for about a month. And then one day I told him, like, listen, man, I know you're tired of giving me money every time the fuck I come up here, man. Like, listen, let me hustle, man. Let me get some money. Mm. And he, told me, he said, yo, listen, man, the only way you're going to be a big, listen, man, you need to go back to school, man. Go finish school. Finish school, nigga. I, I'm, I'm finish school. Well, you show me your high school diploma, you can sell some dope. I think I'm the only nigga that ever did that, man. I had to show high school diploma. Wow. Um, wow. Group home. This is a true story. I went back to the group home. 
came back with my high school diploma. And about, I don't know, two weeks later, he was like, yo, yo, you ready? What you mean? He was like, uh, you can ready open up shop, man. You can ready open back up. You ready? You said you wanted to work. Let's go. And then he taught me how to cut. He knew, taught me how to sell. You know, when I, back then, they sell a little $10 bag now. But back then, it was 35 and 17 20 and 40. Right. What? Yeah. So, you know, um, I made a lot of money, man. I was a 17 year old kid out the group home and I made a lot of money. Like we made, a, I made a lot of fucking money. But again, I didn't know nothing about responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Because the group home did everything for me. They even washed my fucking clothes. You know, all I do is go to school and come back. So I didn't know how to wash clothes. I didn't know how to buy fucking food. I didn't know how to shop. I didn't know how to take, I didn't know how to go get a haircut and be, I didn't know nothing about anything but responsibility. Right. So all my money started going to buying weed. I bought all kind of fucking weed, you know? And then one day he said, yo, man, try this. And I started sniffing. So now my money went from buying weed and sniffing cocaine. Because again, back then, sniffing cocaine really wasn't frowned upon the way it's frowned upon now. Right. So if, you, if, if you sniffing cocaine, that that's a that was like a badge of honor because that means you making a lot of money. Right. So Grams right. was a hundred dollars. So if you mm. spend hundred dollars on a gram of cocaine, nigga, you getting some paper. So they then you know that was the lie. This was all the lie. This was all the lie. That's what I. It's a fucking lie, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, you didn't see, you know, I never saw people get fucked up sniffing. You know, niggas, you know, you go to the park and sniff with the pinky, you got big bags of cocaine, big bottles of fucking wine. I, I never liked drinking. But I so it was a cool. Drink. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I mean, so it was a, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I want my viewers to understand. So, so back then at this time, so coke was a cool drug back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really was. Mm. You know. So, so I mean, so pretty much, right? If you did a line, you was the fucking man back then. Yeah, yeah. You got Damn. all the girls. I mean, and, and listen, people when they went to hang out, they get dressed up. Like really, go get fucking dressed up with their finest clothes to go to the after-hour spot and go sniff coke and drink. Shit. And, and, the, and, and the pretty girls. Followed the coke. I mean, they another Yeah, I mean, but they do that. Not, I mean, that's, but yeah, it was different. Yeah. Nah, nah, it was different. See, when I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the, the, the high sedity, high class chicks. Followed the coke. Fuck the money because wow. the money wow. because the money went to coke any fucking way. So if you the nigga with all the coke, uh, hey baby. Who the fuck are you talking to? I'm 17 years old. Nigga, I was a virgin until I was almost 19. Right, you, right. You, 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 or some real shit. Like, I, I, that's my truth. You know what I'm saying? Um, And they say, hey, baby, hey, baby, who are you talking to? You me? Oh, my God. And so now, you know, you start living a, a, another life. You know? You start living another life. Right. Um, and then it just got crazy, man. You know, it, it it's just that life. And and the, and to be honest, man, um, the way that that life was back then, with hustling and stuff like that, I can say today you had to be hard to deal with that. Wow. 
because you know you selling shit to people and you watching them die. Wow. You know, and, and like in real, you know, that's it. You, you know, yo kid, I got yeah, I got the bomb. But this nigga's like dead, dead. Ain't no coming back. He ain't coming back. You know, and back then in the 80s, like you, if you died, you stayed in the street. If you died in the street, that's where your ass stayed for about 12 hours. Your body just is- laid the fuck because they only had one car in New York. They only had one fucking car in New York. So your body laid there, you know. And you seeing this. I'm 17 years old. That's some traumatic shit, man. For a kid to watch. You had to be fucking hard. And 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 the thing is, once you sucked in, see, and this is what I've been when this is this is this is the biggest part of the message, man. Once you sucked into that, to that life, to that money, because the money is the Lord, right? What you do with it is on you, but that's the Lord, right? Once your ass is sucked in. Now remember what I said. I was getting twenty to twenty and forty dollars a bag. Twenty dollars right. a half a quarter, forty dollars for a quarter. And I'm selling two, three hundred of those every in twelve hours. Or less. And then yeah. and get, and get, you, you understand what I'm saying? So the money was the Lord. And here it is, you went from I went from getting twelve dollars allowance. To fifteen, three, four, five thousand dollars a day. Ain't no, I ain't leaving that. Who leaves that? Who gonna give that up? Ain't nobody giving that up. And, and that's the law. You you understand what I'm saying? That's where yeah. the life starts. You know, and this what started making. I'm gonna tell you. Then this is the God's honest truth. You what made a difference for me was when I got locked. I got locked up in '91, right? Yeah, and I was yeah. and I was in the penitentiary, right? Yeah, and 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 I did the math. Cause I remember one day, I remember one day, I said, "Damn, I was out there hustling. I was hustling at this time. Free base came into my life, but it wasn't crack yet. It was free yeah. base, and um, and I, you know, I remember smoking like fifteen hundred dollars a day every day, man. I remember that, at mm. least that, and I did the math on that, right, for a year." Fifteen hundred dollars times three hundred sixty-five dollars. I mean, three hundred sixty-five days. That shit came into almost like a half a million dollars, right? Yeah. Now you do the math. That's what it is. You know, that's what that's just what the fuck it is. And I'm saying fifteen hundred. There was people that made way more than me, but I'm just saying for the benefit of doubt, not to be trying to make myself no big nigga. I said fifteen hundred a day, right? Right. Right. And then I was in the penitentiary, right? And I said. Damn. So I made a half a million dollars in that one day, and I don't have nothing. I didn't have a pair of sneakers to show for it. Because again, I didn't know nothing about buying clothes. I was, you know, that, that was, yo, that's a getting it, yo, that's a, some get money bummy nigga. I can't relate. You had another speaker on, he was talking about getting fly. That wasn't part of my fucking story. Because I that was, it just wasn't a part of my story. Mm. My story was the fucking, Dressed, my, my shit was the, the hustling bum. Mm. I was a fucking, I, I sold dope, made a lot of money, and slept in a bandit fucking building. And I wake up five o'clock in the morning and wash my face in the Johnny Punk. Mm. That's what I would do. 
I would get up early before anybody come out, run to Johnny Pump, the water in my face, put it in my hair, and start the day all over again. I didn't know nothing about being kind of how to take, I never learned how to take care of myself. Mm. So, so back to that money, when I was in the penitentiary, I said, well, damn, if I got a job paying me $35,000 a year, and I did seven years in the penitentiary, right? Mm -hmm. That's about, that's, over, that's, that's almost close to maybe a, half, a quarter million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. But at least, at least I could have got some taxes back. I could have yeah. fucking probably, you know, I would have did some a lot more responsible because I worked harder to get that fucking money. And right. I'm here doing seven dollars. I'm in the penitentiary seven years, and on in a good job, I was making thirty-seven fifty every fucking week. Mm. Seventy-five dollars every two weeks working industry. If I got lucky to get an industry, because when I was in the industry, I was getting fifteen dollars and fifty cents. That's because I had a GED every two fucking weeks. You oh whoa hold up hold up hold up that's. You almost had, I almost had a heart attack when you said that. Hold on, you said, did you just say $75 every two weeks? And that's industry because I made glasses. So you so you get industry paid, which is a different, but more, a lot of people don't get to get the industry. So, right. you know, a top pay in New York State Penitentiary without an industry at $15.50 every two weeks. Damn. And niggas bust their ass for that too. I mean, work hard. Shoe shuffling. Oh, yeah, yes, the boss. And be happy Man. to get the fucking job. And I thought Man. about that. I've been putting myself in here and, and, and I'm fucking starving. Right? And them suits be like a dollar. Like, be, them suits be like a dollar, like a dollar 25 or some shit like that. Them suits and be God expensive. forbid if you drink coffee and smoke right. cigarettes. Right, them tuna fishes. Like the tuna fish package, they them just be like fucking like three dollars, bro. Like three, four dollars, bro. But but you but but my point is that was like a turning point for me because I'm like, mm -hmm. damn, like I'm breaking my neck to get this little punk ass change, right? And happy to fucking get it. So it's no way I can't go in the street and get me a job, legit. And, 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 and fucking just, I ain't got to come back here because I realized real early. I've seen a lot of niggas going to penitentiary selling drugs. Mm. I, I, that's the one thing I did. I, I didn't go to jail for, for, for selling drugs. I, went, I, I got out of, I mean, I got out the game, you know, wound up doing some things, trying to change my life. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got clean, right? I fucking mm -hmm. relapsed. And I did a, it's as embarrassing as it is, man. I snatched the pocketbook and got a two to four. Mm. You know? And then I did some, and then they gave me a furlough. And while I was on a furlough, right, I wound up doing some other dumb ass shit. No, that was snatching the pocketbook. And they gave me three to six for that. I caught a house burglary, right? And got a two to four on a furlough, right? I was supposed to be out a week. I fucking caught a case on that week and wound up getting a three to six. And that's how I wound up doing seven fucking years. Damn. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, I had a lot of time to do some reflecting. You did, you was, you was fortunate enough to do it when you did it. It took me to penitentiary and looking at what the fuck was going on in my life, man.
Right, right, you right. Know, that, right. That's like, damn, like, this is what it is? This is all mm -hmm. it is for me? Mm -hmm. Nah, I, I'm better than this. I always felt mm -hmm. I was better. I knew I was smarter. Mm -hmm. I was just doing some dumb ass shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And being in there and having somebody say, lift your nuts and cough. And all that mm -hmm. old degrading ass shit, man. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I put up with it. I ain't punched none of them in the mouth. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. None of that. I ain't do none of that gangster shit that I called myself in the street. Mm -hmm. When I was in mm -hmm. the penitentiary, I ain't do none of that sucker ass shit. Mm -hmm. I did what they told me to do so I could try to get the fuck out of there. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So when I mm -hmm. got out, you no, know, life wasn't still, it wasn't perfect, but I tried to limit myself from doing things that have put me in that position again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, the, is the, the whole funny thing is like, like I have vowed to never go back to jail when I went, when I messed around and got locked up in California. Like now, you know, now that, you know, now that, that system is like really weird. Like it's, no, it wasn't, so no, it wasn't California. No, it was Texas. When I, when, when, when I messed around and messed up and got, um, you know, messed around and caught a domestic, I admit it, I, I caught a domestic in, in, um, in Dallas, Texas, which was the one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life. And I got into a scuffle with a with a with a with a with a, with a woman, and I still regret that still to this day. But, but, like yo, the way loose spirit is, like just period, like the way loose spirit is, like and like you spend about forty five days in there, period. You like that's and that's if and and I mean and if they send your ass to t you know TDC on the you know, on the chain gang, period. You know what I'm saying? You doing a year or better. You know what I'm saying? But it's just loose spirit had taught me that this is just this not where I want to be at. This is just not where I want to be at. You know what I'm saying? And that and I ain't gonna lie, when I was there I got into I actually got into a fight with a security guard. You know what I'm saying? And I I got jumped. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I got, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how them corrections officers is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got real talk. I got jumped. You know what I'm saying? So, and see, 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 my thing was, and, um, you know what I'm saying? And I had to work on it. You know what I'm saying? My thing was, you know what I'm saying? My, my, uh, my problem with authority. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always mm. had a problem with authority. You know what I'm saying? So you just imagine, you know what I'm saying? You just imagine having that type of mindset you know what I'm saying? And you go to a city and you go to a state or a city that deals with people like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that and that right there alone, you know what I'm saying? It made me it 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 put that fire in my ass that nah I don't wanna go back there. So yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I told yo bro, I totally agree with you, bro. I told yo bro, I totally agree with you, dog. Totally agree with you, bro. My so, thing, I, yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening now. Go ahead. No, my biggest thing is that I want the listeners to get, if they don't hear anything else, man, uh -huh. is that as long as you got breath, man, you got a chance to change. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, mm -hmm. like, because, you know, um, with all the stuff that I, I, I spoke about, man, you know, I always believed that I was a better person. And if I was mm -hmm. just given a chance, man, if I was given a chance to give myself a chance, mm -hmm. 
did you get that? If I was given the chance to give myself a chance, then I would do something with it. Right. See, because all the, because all the other times, you know, I wasn't given a chance, man. Right. I was fighting the system. I was fighting this. I was always fighting something. Right. 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 And right. I, so I had to give myself. A, I had to give myself a chance. I had to. You. You. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's when the change starts, man. That's when. Mm-hmm. You know, because once you accept who you are and you accept your truth without the lies, you know, you tell people, yo, man, you know, people got all kind of lies, you know, but you can, when you, when you buy yourself, you know, the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. your truth match, your, when your truth match the same, whether you buy yourself or with somebody the fuck else, then you know that you did, you making a change. Right, right, right. You're right. You know, right. I mean, because right. at the end of the day, man, like, it, it's it's a blessing for me. You know, like, I tr- I've been all, oh, I've been so many different places, right? And the one place I was afraid to try to get my life together at was Harlem. Mm. Because I know I, I'm born and raised in Harlem. I know every, I know damn near everybody that was through Harlem somewhere. <laughs> Running to somebody, and, mm-hmm. I said, and if I go over there, the temptation is gonna be too much, and that, and and that was the place, man. Mm-hmm. He did Harlem and facing me, because oh, I I claim Harlem, mm-hmm. I'm from Harlem, I claim it. Mm-hmm. Harlem, Harlem never claimed me. I did all the fucking claiming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I faced mm-hmm. myself where it began. It began for me in Harlem. At four years old, coming downstairs and seeing all of that shit that was so exciting to me. That's where it started for me. Mm-hmm. So I wound up to make it, wind up going right back to the same place I started. Mm. Because that's where I lost myself. Remember, I told you, I lost, I lost who my identity. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, where I, I found it. And I found it right back in Harlem, man. And all that taught me was that wherever you go, you take you. I done been in North Carolina. I've been to Connecticut. I done been to Virginia. I, I, I've been a, I've been a few different places. Talking about what well, if I go here and I start fresh, it's going. And every place I went, I wound up back in New York. Mm-hmm. Because every place I went, I took me. Mm-hmm. I gotta give you the clap for that. I gotta give you. I gotta give you your just do. I gotta give you your roses. Why you on confidential? <laughs> Why you on the Pimpin' Hill TV? Show? Why you on the Pimpin' Hill TV? Show? I gotta give you your claps. I gotta give you your claps. I have to. I gotta give you a long-winded clap too. Like that. Was, that's a. That's a hell of a story right there. That's a hell of a story right there. That's a hell of a story, bro. It was, bro. It, yeah, Randy Stewart said hell of a story. Hell yeah. That's a hell of a yeah. story. That's a hell of a So, okay, so, oh, we've been on this live for a little minute. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I, tell you the truth, I ain't even realize we've been on the live for 
you know, for this long of, you know, you know, being tapped in with you. But so, okay, so if you don't mind me asking, so how was your experience being on a Fifth and Hill TV talk show? Honestly, man, it, it's, it's, this was a pleasure, man. Um, and, 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 you know, you my, you my daughter, you know, and I always call, you know, I told you that when I found out with you, like I was ecstatic, man. Um, but I'm grateful that you gave mm -hmm. me a platform, right, to speak my truth, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and, 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 and I just pray, man, that somebody heard something and you mm. allowed that to happen. You know, the one thing that I will say that I appreciate about this platform is that you allow people to speak their truth. You allow people to get it all, get it out. You know, a lot of times, you know, you get people that don't, 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 don't let you get it out, man, or they want to censor or dictate the way it's done. And you allow people to do their truth. And that's the when I see my other people, right? Because, you know, mm -hmm. it's confidential, so I ain't going to say no name. Right, but you know, <laughs> you know, but when I see my other man, yeah, there, and he spoke his truth, and I said, I gotta be a part of this, man. Yeah, yeah. And then once I yeah. found out it was you, oh man, you know, because I'm always about, you know, supporting, you know, anybody who's trying to do something that's about education, inspiration, elevation, like and that's and that's just what it is. And because it's you, like, because I know you, you know, and, you know, we have a history. You know what I mean? We have a history. We, we, we connected from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? We kind of lost contact. But, you know, to come back and to be able to do it and to do it on your platform is truly an honor. It's truly an honor. And I'm grateful and I appreciate you so much for that. You know, mm. I got your number. I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to take the other number out. I'm going to mm -hmm. lock this number in. I'm going to mm -hmm. keep an eye on your, on your joints. And I'm going to definitely, you know, uh, support it. You know, whoever you got on there. I'm going to always come and I'm going to support it. You know what I mean? Um, because that's just what we do. You know, we, we come from the bottom. You know, they say, we started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, that's you, a fact. You, you feel me? That's a fact. And that's just what, and that's what it is, man. You know, like, you know, you always got a place in my heart, man, and I appreciate you. You know, um, definitely. And if you ever need me to come again, I'll be willing to. If you don't, I won't be upset because you gave me a shot. You know what I mean? Um, but this platform is, is phenomenal, it's powerful, and it's the truth. And I think that's more than anything is what people need to be able to get in touch with the truth, just how it is. No sugarcoating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Because the truth is the truth and it don't need no help, man. You're right. You're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. It all comes down to I ain't even gonna lie. You know, like you know, like the way I, I, I look at this world sometimes, sometimes it's it's like it's a big ass miscommunication. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's just you know, it's a big ass miscommunication, you know, between between everybody. Um yeah, uh, I mean, I enjoyed you too, Randy. I mean, if you uh, if you stick around, you know, I'm uh, I'ma tap you in. You know, we could talk for about two minutes. Yeah, but, that's, my little, that's my little cousin too, man. <laughs> he, he said he was gonna support it, and I appreciate him for that. Yeah, so uh, I, I just, I, I just, I look, 
you know, I just, I look at everything, you know, like as a big ass miscommunication, you know, everybody, you know, everybody, um, you know, everybody, you know, everybody tend to keep to themselves, but it's like, you know, it's like everybody need each other, you know, men and women need each other, you know, it, you know, it's just, it's just at the end of the day, I'm not going to say what I really want to say. Uh-oh. But what I um, but what I but what I am gonna say is that you know what I'm saying you know this world need you know I I feel like everybody needs to understand everybody. So that's all I'm gonna say. I ain't gonna say shit else. I ain't gonna say shit else. You know they're gonna have to you know they're gonna have to tune into the album you know to you know to really hear what I really want to say. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but, um, yeah, but it's been nice having you as a guest. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, you know, as soon as I, as soon as I get off the live, I'm going to call you. You know what I'm saying? You know, so we could chop it up and everything. So, um, it's been nice having, having you as a guest. You just tuned into the fifth and hell TV show, the segment of confidential. Um, you know, we definitely want to give a big clap again. We're going to give a big clap. Clap it up, everybody who, who's been watching, everybody who's been popping in and out and, you know, actually seeing it. Everybody give a big clap. And, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see you next time, Derek. All right, Playboy. All right, is the key. You already key. know. You yes, already sir. know. That's how right, it go. Man. Amen. You know what I'm saying? All right, Brody. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Hi, so you know that was it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm getting ready to bring. Hold up, I'm getting ready to bring. Um. Hold up, I'm getting ready to bring. We'll bring you up. Let's. We'll bring you up. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's talk. Let's uh, let's chick chat. I want to know. I mean, I want to know how he felt about the um. I mean, about the good old live. How he felt about everything. And, you know. Well, that's, hold up, hold up. Well, that's if he accepted. If he accepted, then we lit. If he don't accept it, then we're going to have to wait. But other than that, um, uh, my name is Constantine. You just tuned into the Fifth and Hill TV show. There's a segment of Confidential. Um, hold up, let's see if he, let's see, let's see if he, I see a lot of people tuning in. Powerful. I know powerful than just diamond. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me see. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah, I want, yeah, yeah, powerful. I want you to, um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I can't, hold up, I can't even get you. I can't even get you. I can't even get you. Hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, I can't even get you, dog. It won't even allow me to bring you in. Uh, powerful. Come in. Uh, come and tap in with me. Come and tap in with me. Uh, you know, request the um, you know, to come in. You know, so I can, so I can, uh, so I can bring you on the dial. And salute, salute, salute. Oh shit! I can't even. I can't even tap. Oh, that's already. Uh, I can't even. Who else I got? Hold on, I can't even. Why can't I? There's already a guess in this broadcast. Oh, I can't even. 
Hold up. Shit. Hold up. Fuck. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I'm gonna try to get you in. Hold up. I'm gonna try to get you in. I mean, cause I know you got got something to say. Um. Actually, matter of fact, pop uh pop out Randy and then pop 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 right back in. But you know what I'm saying. But I got the album. I got the album. Uh, misunderstood. Hold up. But I got the album misunderstood. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I want y'all to I want y'all to tune in, you know, to that because I mean I'm definitely working on my album. Um Yeah, I said, yeah, man, I need you to um get yeah, uh powerful. I need you know, I wanna um you know, I'm trying to get you on my dial, man. You a whole legend in Albany, New York, bro. Like, come on, bro. Hold up, hold up. All right, who is that? Hold up. Oh, there you go. Can't bring this. There is already a guest in this broadcast. Okay, I can't even do it. I can't even do it, dog. It won't even allow allow me to do it. Hold up. Oh, man. Just keep up the good. Workout rooms and keep on pushing, bro. You got my blessing. Salute, 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 salute. All right, all right. This your boy, it's your boy Constantine. Um, uh, if you missed the interview or if you're watching the interview now, or if you did see the whole interview, um, the whole the rest of the interview will be on iHeartRadio and it will be on Spotify. So I need you to, um, you know, go tune in. If you want to become a BAC member or BAC watcher, um, you know, you get a lot of cool things. You win free tickets, free posters. Um, let's say, for instance, I'm all the way in, like, Florida or Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? You could definitely request for a ticket if you're a BAC member. You know what I'm saying? So just tune in, okay? Okay. Uh, you going to do? I'm doing NBA All Star Week, and you going to do a live show from Atlanta? I'm thinking about it. I ain't even gonna lie. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about being in Atlanta. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. I'm gonna keep. I'm. I'm. I'm keeping it a buck with you. I'm really thinking about going to Atlanta for NBA All Star Weekend. I'm definitely thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm just. I'm just not sure. Why? Because I'm working on this album, and um, I'm getting ready to start my campaign. You know what I'm saying? So my campaign starts March 1st. So we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see where it's going to go. So um, I've actually been invited to do actually some things down in Atlanta for, for All-Star Weekend, um, for NBA All-Star Weekend. So that's still on the table. So, um. You know, but just like I said, it's your boy Constantine. You just tuned into the Fifth and Hill TV show, the segment confidential. Peace with a bottle of hair grease.